You're listening to the What Business Should I Start podcast. What Business Should I Start podcast. Your weekly source of entrepreneurial inspiration, motivation, and step-by-step guide to starting your business. Diving deep, deep into creative business ideas and interviewing the founders of existing business to provide you with the tools and motivation you need to launch your business. Hosted by Avi Shinkar, your resident entrepreneur who brings over 20 years of startup, business development, and hustle experience. Listen up, because the next episode could be the business you launch. Welcome to another episode of the What Business Should I Start podcast. My name is Avi Shankar, and I'm your resident entrepreneur. I wanted to give you an update on last week's episode, which was me starting a scooter e-commerce company. So in the last week, what has changed was we decided to bring the shipment over to Philadelphia rather than to Los Angeles. We had a hard time finding a distribution center that would accept it. And we really wanted to control at least the first shipment. We wanted to make sure that the product was packaged properly. We wanted to make sure that everything was according to the order. So we decided, all right, we're going to have it shipped over to Philadelphia. We'll put it in our warehouse and we'll manage it from here. We'll send a few units to Amazon for FBA fulfillment. Also, we booked the videographer. We also learned that we need to have some warning labels or some safety labels on this thing. So we designed a couple of different options. We have a safety label that actually goes on the scooter. We also included safety information in the user manual. And we created a QR code that the purchasers can scan to make it onto our safety videos and safety advice and all this other stuff that we're going to put online. To make it easier, we also decided we're going to email every buyer an entire safety manual, a video of how to use it, short instructional videos, just to make it easy. They can view them on their phone while they're unpacking the scooter. So today's episode is about a business that I've been thinking about that I think would be awesome. Now, I'm assuming everybody's heard of WeWork, the co-working operation where they rent real estate. And I guess their business model is renting real estate long-term and then offering memberships or short-term rentals for people that need to use office space. Um, that industry has blown up. I mean, it's gotten so big to where there are now smaller companies that are opening up niche co-working operations or co-working spaces. So for example, there is a co-working space specifically for attorneys where they can collaborate, they can work with each other, they can learn from each other. There are co-working spaces for doctors. There are co-working spaces for artists. There are co-working spaces specifically for women, for men. There are co-working spaces for every sort of niche that you could probably think of. If there isn't one yet, they are coming up. Now, that industry is growing tremendously. I mean, WeWork was just recently valued at $47 billion before it completely crashed. But that could have been probably one of the biggest IPOs in the so-called tech industry because they're a mixture between tech and real estate. So doing this podcast, or at least starting this podcast, gave me an idea to create a co-working space specifically for influencers and content creators. Why? Well, you know how difficult it is to find a few hours to sit down quietly at home or at work or really anywhere 
especially with the equipment that you need to record a podcast between my wife, the kids, full-time job. It's hard. Usually I'm recording these episodes on a Saturday morning when my kids are in art class and um, I just got home from the gym actually. So I quickly sat down, decided to record this podcast or record this episode. Imagine a co-working space that you either pay a monthly membership to or you pay per use. So for example, whether you need it for an entire 24 hours, whether you need a few hours, whatever the case is where you can go into and everything you need as a content creator or as an influencer is there for you. So studios with podcasting equipment, studios with videography equipment, product photography and product videography supplies and equipment and all the tools that you need, drones, um, professional services, everything that you might need to create your content. So one studio might have backdrops, you know, white backdrops, green screens. It has professional cameras already there. It has the professional lighting already set up. And you would be able to reserve these rooms as you need them. Now, it's not just the space because the space, yes, it's great. I would love to have a local place where I can go to in the middle of the day. Let's say, you know, take a few hours off from work, going to the studio and record my podcast with all the professional equipment already set up for me. Everything is ready to go. And I can upgrade and have a producer actually help me and produce my podcast. I could have an editor. There might be an in-house editor that would edit this podcast. So all I really need to do is come in and record. Let's say that takes about an hour. That's it. Everything else is done for me. That would be amazing. Think about the same thing if you're a YouTuber. You come in, studio's already set up, camera's already there pointed at you, the lights are perfect. All you need to do is sit down and record your YouTube video. Um, also, if, let's say, you're an Instagram influencer, you would have all sorts of cool, you know, fun backdrops and scenarios that you can take pictures. How about product photography? You can have all those lay flat, you know, situations where, you know, those images where they're photographed from the top and you have, let's say, a pair of shoes, a belt, a phone, a watch, a pair of sunglasses, all kind of laid out really cool. Well, imagine having those sets already designed for you, having the lighting already set up for you. All you need to do is bring the products. How about 360 degree product videography? So I recently purchased a really, really cool light box that connects to your phone. It has an app. You put in a product. All the LED lighting is built in. All you have to do is turn it on, put the product in. There's a turntable in there. And on your phone, you're recording a video. The app itself controls the turntable. So when you press start, the turntable starts spinning and the video is being recorded using your phone's camera. So imagine a line of those where you can just come in with your products that you're getting ready to sell on Amazon or on eBay or for your website, and you have all that equipment. Now, again, you might just have the raw video, the raw footage, but what if an additional service that was offered was the professional editing of this video or professional editing of your product photographs where they remove the white background or you know, models. How about models? You know how hard it is to find models? I mean, currently I'm in the process of looking for a couple of models, both for the scooter company and another company that I work with, which is a luxury um, watch and jewelry company. So for this company, I guess to find quality models that fit the demographic. Now our demographic is a slightly older, maybe a woman between the age of 35 and 45, very classy looking, this is typically the person that buys our product. 
So I am looking for models that fit that criteria, and it's hard. I mean, we had a bunch of models before. We had college students. We had younger models. And although they look great, the content came out awesome, it just isn't exactly what we're going for this time around. So what if this co-working space had the ability to have models? So I had this idea, and I want to do it. Now, I obviously don't have the time you know, to, to get this working, but I wanted to put it down on paper or in audio, step-by-step, step, what I would do to get this business launched. You know my process. My process is first thing, let's figure out a name for this. So you know this is a co-working, a shared space, an influencer, content creator, all of these keywords that you know, you'll be using to name this place. First thing I do is I open up godaddy.com and I start looking for domain names just to see if there's something that's fitting that I won't have to pay, you know, an exorbitant amount for. This is not the sort of business where I can go out and buy an existing business. So I can't use Flippa. I can't use bizbuysell.com. I have to create this from scratch. And the public relations that I would launch for this business has to back a really strong name, something that's recognizable, something that when you hear for the first time, you kind of understand what the business is. So I went into GoDaddy.com. I started typing, started thinking, brainstorming. Here's what I came up with. You can let me know whether you think any one of these actually works or which one you would prefer. So how about ContentSuites.com? So the idea is, you know, there are suites, there are small rooms where you can use the equipment I know that there are hair salon suites where a barber or a hairstylist can rent the space and that's kind of like their own little mini salon. That's where I thought of this because in a previous business, the blow dry bar, I considered opening up suites for those, but never actually went through it. Another one that I came up with was content.io, but content with a K because content with a C wasn't available. .io is that new extension that's more tech-savvy, more tech-based, more technical. And a lot of new apps, a lot of new websites that are coming out are using that .io, especially if they're a SaaS company or any sort of a tech service. The next one I had, or at least that I found, was collectiveinfluence.com. Now, collective, obviously working as a collective. This one, however, costs $4,000. Now, I wouldn't mind paying it. I don't think I would. Because $4,000 for collectiveinfluence.com. Now, that's an easy you know, set of words. You can spell them, and it kind of makes sense. I also found wetheinfluencers.com. Now, that one didn't have an exorbitant price or anything. It was just regular $11.99 GoDaddy. And I also found contentcollective.io. Out of all of these, maybe I would go with wetheinfluencers.com because it kind of plays off that whole we work. Um, we company, although I don't want to step on their toes, I don't want to get any sort of a cease and desist or a trademark infringement or anything like that. So I'd have to make sure that I can trademark that first. Next thing, what would I do to actually launch this? Well, so I'd buy the name, I'd get the trademark, I would set up the company, and then I would go looking for spaces. This, I don't think that this is something that would work well in the suburbs. Um, obviously, you need a lot of people, a, a high population in a small area so that they can come to you so that it's not completely out of their way. You would also need a space where, or you would need to be in an area where there is a good concentration of content creators, influencers. So obviously this is something that's more fitting for a city, for 
you know, a busy city. Now I'm right outside of Philadelphia. So obviously I would open this up in Philadelphia. However, you need a large space to rent a large space downtown in the city is expensive. I mean, very expensive unless you're going up in floors. So maybe on the 10th floor of a building, it would be much cheaper. Why? Because you don't have that foot traffic. You're not going after that retail foot traffic, which is okay. I don't need that foot traffic. This is something that we would have to market heavily and something that we'd have to get a lot of public relations for in order for people to find out. I don't think it's too difficult to market directly to influencers and content creators because they work with each other. They work off of each other. And if they see somebody's doing something great. Now I'll talk about it later, but I do have a way of bringing in all these influencers and continuing to grow that. So what I would probably do is I would look for either a high floor space that's large. Obviously, I think for something like this, I would probably start out with about 5,000 square feet at least. Or I would find a warehouse maybe on the edge of town or in an area that's not as crazy and busy because the city and, and typically almost every city is a few miles you know, wide. So it's not as if you have to drive, you know, for half an hour to get to this place. You can ride a bike, Uber, take public transportation and make it there. So I don't think that being, you know, right. In, so for example, in Philadelphia, the most expensive, the busiest center area is called Rittenhouse or center city district. I don't think I would need to be there. I can be right outside. I can be in an area called Fishtown or in an area called um, Northern Liberties, Port Richmond, or maybe even in University City. University City is an area that has Penn University and um, Drexel. So there are a lot of students. I assume there are also a lot of content creators. That might be actually the perfect area for this. And it's not you know crazy busy with tons of, of traffic and office space. So I would contact a realtor. Um, I've dealt with realtors in the city in the past, obviously, with all of my other businesses. And ask them to look for something for me. 5,000 square feet, maybe between 15 and $25 per square foot. And I would look at the options. Now, obviously this is a bit more difficult. You have to find a place, you have to get a lease, you have to be qualified to actually rent the place. You need everything, down payments, you need security deposits. I mean, there's just so much involved with it. You need to, your attorneys to review the lease. And especially if you're going to be doing a long-term lease. I mean, in order to get this for the best rate and to get what's called tenant improvement money, which is where the landlord gives you a budget to fix up the place. So for example, the last place I rented was about 2,500 square feet and the landlord gave me $80 per square foot to fix it up. That really helped. I mean, I spent a total of about $150,000 redoing the place and his tenant improvement money helped doing that. It made it a lot easier and cheaper for me to get in there. Now, if you're doing a longer term lease, the tenant or the landlord will give you more money. Uh, so sometimes you might be able to get into a space without putting too much of your own money into the remodel. Think about the remodeling for this place. So I don't know if a lot of it has to be permanent. I don't know if I would have to create a bunch of walls to close up these studios maybe we'd be able to use glass walls that are more temporary and obviously have to put in a lot of sound insulation. So that's something that I would have to talk to an audio expert about to figure out whether glass walls are something that we can get away with. Why? Because I'd love it to be an open, clear space where you could see through, you could see other people doing things. Obviously, you know, we'd have to be able to offer some privacy in some of these spaces. 
So we could either do the glass that we could do frosted glass or we could do blinds, shades, you know, anything like that. But if an audio expert tells me that, you know, we can't use glass walls just because of the sound bouncing off, whatever, if we can't accommodate that for, for that with panels, with um, insulation. So if we can't do that, then sure, I would have a architect and interior designer design this space. Now, the idea is to maximize, to have as many studios as possible. However, each studio can be multi-purpose. You imagine a room, you have a desk, you have microphones attached to the desk, you have all that stuff. But on the other side of the room, you also have a backdrop, you have lighting, you have a camera. So any room can be used for audio, can be used for video, and can even be used for photography. I would try to, again, develop as many studios as possible. I would also develop much smaller offices where a person can actually work inside an office. Let's say they want to edit the audio themselves um, or edit the video themselves. So we would have office space. We would have a much larger open area where it's all, you know, a bunch of desks and couches and kind of like a hangout work together area. Obviously we'd have a kitchen. I think, you know, that could be fun. I would also do a large projector where people can show others their almost like a media area where people could show others their work and get their feedback on it. So imagine you found a place, the price is right. It looks good. It's in a good area. You go out and get an architect and a designer. Now, typically architects work with designers or architects can design themselves. Most likely, if you're going to be doing you know real work in there, like putting up walls, you're going to need an architect anyway because you're going to need to get all the um, permits to do the labor. Now, in Philadelphia, most of the work that has to be done is union labor, which means it's about four to five times more expensive than typical. However, some of these areas you can get away with using non-union labor. I've done both, and I'm not a fan of, of building either way, union or non-union. The union is super expensive, but they do a great job. The non-union is not dependable, but they are affordable. So it's always a trade-off. All right. So we have our space. We have the design. We have the permits. The place has been built out. Cool. What do we do now? Well, here are some services that I think would work really well as either an upsell or as an additional service at a higher membership level. First, let's figure out our membership levels. Based on your rent, you're going to be able to figure out how many people at what cost you know you would need just to break even. Imagine your rent is 10 grand a month. If you charge people $100 a month, you would need 100 people in order to cover your rent, right? That would break you even. To get 100 people to do this, I don't think is that difficult. $100 a month is way too cheap. So what I would do, and, and again, I'm talking about for full-time, you know, all month use, anytime you want. What I would do is I would come up with three different levels. So let's say starting out with 50 hours a month and unlimited. Yeah, I think that might work out. But this is also an area where you have to test. You have to test a bunch of different membership levels. You can also offer by the hour. Let's say I would probably do, I don't know, $75 an hour for you to come in and use any of the studios. Um, a day rate. The day rate that would do $149 or $189 for the day. But the monthly membership is where you're going to make your money and where you're going to be valued a lot higher because this is, in essence, a subscription service. Yes, it's real estate, but you're not selling real estate. You're selling memberships, just like a gym. 
So you have your membership levels. You set up all the marketing equipment. What's next? Well, I came up with a couple of additional services that you could either upsell or offer at you know an additional cost or at a higher membership level, like I said. Let's go through them and you know you could tell me what you think about them. So for example, how about a professional photographer's service where you have the model, you have the product, you need a professional photographer. You don't really know how to do it yourself. Great. We have one in-house. All you have to do is schedule and here is the rate. How about a professional videographer service? You have everything. You know what video you want to shoot. You just need somebody that can do it well. Okay, great. Well, we have a professional videographer. And then you need the professional editing service. Now, we could either have people do it in-house and we pay them to do it, or we could outsource it and just have what we would call a project manager. So we would outsource it via Upwork. The project manager would actually be the one to work with those freelancers. They would then deliver a finished product to the person that requested the service. Um, Drones. Okay, we would own a bunch of drones. Now, yes, you could, you know, sign out the drone at any time that you want, you know, but what about somebody doing drone shots professionally for you? We could offer that as a service. How about professional producers for video, for audio, for everything, really? How about the service of building you a website? We could offer that in-house easily. How about the service of digital marketing? All of these services, we would partner up with professionals, experts, agencies, that would offer this service to our members at a reduced rate, obviously paying us you know, for that, that lead or that customer, everybody would win. You would have, as a member, you would have these services at your fingertips anytime that you need them. As a service provider, you would have what could be an unlimited source of customers at any given time. And for us, it makes sense. It's a great service for our members. Plus, we make money doing this. You know, We get kickbacks from the service providers. I would also do monthly talks and monthly training sessions. So for example, I would bring in, you know, actual influencers or known content creators once a month to give a talk to all the members in our open area. Everybody can take a seat and talk about how they made it, what they do differently, how their audio is set up, their video is set up, you know, a lot of educational sessions that would be an added bonus for our members. Now, obviously, this is not something that I would charge for, but maybe I would do it as an upsell. So if you're a monthly member, you know, then you can come into our sessions. If you're just a hourly, daily, unfortunately, you don't qualify. How would I launch this? First thing I would do is I would reach out to every local journalist that covers businesses, journalists that cover real estate, journalists that just cover new happenings in the city. And then I would also go national to introduce this concept. Imagine the headline, you know, co-working space specific for content creators and influencers launches in Philadelphia. I would also invite a bunch of influencers, let's say even local influencers. I would provide them with free memberships given that they promote the space. What else would I do? Obviously, I would blog heavily and I would create a ton of content. We would do nonstop live videos, live YouTube, live Instagram, live Facebook, TikTok. We would blow social media up with content from our space. We would show members actually using the space. We would show what we do and how we do it. And we would get as many content creators and influencers to work with us for a trade. So maybe we would give them one month free. Um, Maybe we would give them six months free, depending on their exposure. 
we would make sure that people are constantly talking about us and they're constantly sharing content about the space. Now, once that takes off, once you get a good amount of members, you know, what do you do? Well, the only real way to scale this is to open up another location. Next location I would do this in would obviously be New York. That's where you got a great hub of influencers and content creators. Then you go over to Los Angeles and maybe even Miami. Um, it is tough. It is a tough business. I hate brick and mortar businesses, but this is a good combination of both. Now, what happens if it doesn't work? What happens if nobody signs up? Nobody wants to pay your rates. Well, okay. So you try different rates. You try offering different services. You try offering all of your upsell services as either highly discounted or even free to entice people to come in. What if there aren't enough customers to break even and you just keep losing money? Well, unfortunately, sometimes you just have to close down. I mean, it is what it is. So be prepared to pay a good amount to settle your lease. So I wouldn't just walk away, obviously, because the landlord would come after you. But I'd talk to the landlord and say, look, this didn't work. You know, I know that you gave us a certain amount of money to build this out. How about we do this? I'm going to give you all of your money back and you get me out of this lease. I've done this before. I've even had to pay, I think, a year's worth of rent. Maybe it was two years. I don't remember. I paid either a year or two years worth of rent to get out of a lease up front. Now, yes, clearly it sucks, but you don't want them to sue you. You don't want to have to go to court over this. It's not worth it. You may also be able to sublet this space. Obviously, you've built it out. You put the money into the equipment. You may might be able to offer it to content creators themselves and say, hey, take this as an office. It's all yours. But I hate looking at the what if it doesn't work. I'm a lot more of a optimist. I believe it's going to work. If it's something that I could use myself, I'm sure there are others that can use it too. I would also reach out to agencies in the area, both SEO agencies, digital marketing agencies, and I would have them kind of as affiliates or as lead generators where they can have their clients create content in our space. So they don't actually need to sign up as members, but they would pay to come in and create their content for their campaigns. I think that that would be a great source of leads or revenue, actually. I would also market to businesses directly to sign up. Obviously, personally, just think about yourself. If you were to purchase a $6 app for personal use, you're kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. But if it's an app for your business, you have no problems paying the $6. You have no problems paying $60, and sometimes you don't have a problem paying $600 or $6,000. So for example, in our business, we have spent, I would probably say, close to $100,000 for equipment supplies and services for all of our content creation. So we have studios, we have product photography areas, we have super expensive cameras, video cameras, drones. We have everything that you could possibly imagine and we've spent tons of money on it. The lights, the sets, everything. Now, every business should be creating content. If they want to stay relative, if they want to stay competitive, they need to be creating content, whether it's YouTube videos, Instagram, Facebook, ad campaigns, or even a podcast. I would market directly to businesses and say, hey, look, for this much money per month, you have the ability to do this, and we're going to help you create this. We're going to have strategists. We're going to have digital marketers working with you. We would create an actual almost an agency within our co-working space that would work directly with businesses doing this for them. 
Now, would we do it ourselves? No. We would simply white label or private label another agency, an agency that would actually do the work behind. It would be their representatives working with the customers, but we would be providing the leads. One of my biggest selling points would be the collaboration aspect, being able to work with other influencers and other content creators so that you can learn from each other, obviously, but also collaborate. You can do videos together. You could share, you could expose your subscribers, your viewers, your listeners to other people's content, and they could do the same for you. That would be huge. I know that in our company, we're constantly looking to do collaborations for our YouTube videos. We want to expose our channel to other people's subscribers. Now, how much do I think this would cost to set up? Well, between the lease, the build out, the equipment, the supplies, the furnishings, all that stuff, I'm going to estimate it at about, I would say, $250,000. Now, that's not money that anybody just has sitting around. What I would do off the bat if I were to launch this would be to partner up with businesses that may have a need for this already, um, businesses that could benefit from this, businesses that believe in this concept because they themselves need a space like this or the tools and equipment to do this. And I would take in investors. Maybe I would sell off 50% of the company initially to bring in money to do this. Once we have this up and running and we're ready to open up another location, I would probably go out and look for venture capital. I think that there's a lot of interest in this space right now. I think that there's a lot of hype in the space right now, but for good reason. This is not just a trend. This is a tool for content creators to be able to use and they're going to continue using this because content is not going anywhere. In order for you to stay with the times, all you would have to do is change up some of the studios, add additional equipment, and add additional services. I think that this has a long life. I would also create a custom app so that you can reserve certain studios. Um, it would show the calendar of what's available, and you can reserve it for an hour, two hours, let's say three hours max. That way you can... Make sure that the time and the studio is available for you. In regards to staff, what do you need? Well, you kind of need a front desk person, let's say, or a receptionist, an assistant, somebody to let people in. I would probably use the same method that gyms use with the whole check-in uh, via the app or via a small you know, little card that you hang on your keys or whatever they're called, the RFID thing. Is that what it is? I don't know what it is, but whatever, the, the barcode scanner that you scan to get in. We would offer the additional services, but per need basis. So I would never really have to have video producers just sitting there or audio producers just sitting there. They would be reserved in advance and they would be paid for separately from the membership fee. I think there's a lot of opportunity for organic marketing and organic exposure with a concept like this. So I wouldn't have to allocate too much of a budget to digital marketing, but I would probably test out something more local like billboards, like bus stop signs, things that get you know people around to see. Maybe you are not a content creator yet. I mean, I wasn't a content creator a couple of weeks ago, but if I saw the opportunity to create content in an environment, in a space that makes it easy, makes it productive, then I probably would try it out as, at least you know once. So we could offer some sort of a trial basis or come in for your first time free, something like that to get people that are not yet content creators to become content creators and ultimately to sign up for a membership. I would also launch meetups. 
I would work with existing content creator and influencer Facebook groups. And I would also create our own Facebook group where members, well, you would have to be a member to join the Facebook group. But once you're in it, you can collaborate, you can ask for advice, you can ask questions and just start sparking up relationships with other influencers through the Facebook group. So that's the gist of this business idea and plan to build. Now, there may be, or I'm sure there are a million other details that you would have to consider, but the only way to actually start working on them and thinking of them and having to come up with solutions is once you're actually going through it. Tell me, what do you think about this business? Is this something that you would join as a member to, or is this something that you would invest in? Is this something that you think is a good idea to launch? I'd love to know your feedback and maybe, just maybe, we'll actually go ahead and launch this thing. Join me next week where I talk about an Airbnb hack that could make you a super host and build your real estate empire. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, take care.